Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. I uh, hope you had a good weekend, Derek. Did you get to rest up some yesterday? Yeah, I did. Um, did you? I actually did. <laughs> a little bit. Good deal. Yeah, yeah, everything was good here. Uh, pretty much hung out. I feel like I did something yesterday, but I can't remember why. I know I went shopping with my wife. But uh, really feels like I'm forgetting something. I don't know. I'm excited for tonight. I got a fantasy football draft, and uh, also, of course, kind of watching football, Louisville and Ole Miss. But uh, I'm I'm taking a break from moving furniture into into a new place. So let's uh, let's get on here and let's talk some Kentucky and Mizzou. Before we do that, we are going to start doing our weekly offensive and defensive players of the week. We were, I was working on a graphic to have it ready to go, but I don't want to put it out on Tuesday. I kind of want to put it out on Monday. It's not going to be ready by the end of the day. So starting next week, I'm going to have somebody start working on it Saturday night, have it ready by Sunday, and then boom, we'll throw it up on Monday. So, Derek, we, we both agreed. We went with Will Levis on offense because I don't know how you could – honestly, Wondell and Ali had really good games. Rodriguez over 100, but you, you can't – you can't dismiss what Will Levis did, something we haven't seen in a long time on the offensive end. And then we went with J.J. Weaver on defense. Two sacks, a guy that we didn't even know if he was going to play in week one towards ACL less than a year ago. It's hard to pick anyone else, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw where Weaver only played like 14 snaps. So yeah. he had two sacks in the 14, uh, 14 snaps that he did play. I think it was 18 Levis. yards for loss too, right, on those two sacks? Yeah. I mean, pretty pretty impressive stuff. We'll see how much he goes this week. Uh, Levis, I think, is – you know, you can pick Wandell, You can pick Ali. Um, but I'm just going to go with the trigger, man. I mean, the guy that got them the ball, I think he uh, he far exceeded my expectations for a first game. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I would have thought around kind of that number I've been saying, 225-ish. But they hit so many deep balls, you could just tell um, they were far too outmatched. For ULM, but you know they did what they needed to do, and I think Levis that was a a good confidence builder. I mean, you got to play against a team that could at least give you some live looks, but of course wasn't really a threat to beat them. Those windows will get tighter, coverage will be better, um, and the game's coming up at least this weekend you would expect. But still, I think they showed enough that you know people are going to be really excited for this upcoming uh, season. Really, I mean the whole year. Yeah, it's it was it was it's ULM. You know, you don't want to go too much into it because of the opponent and the competition. But like I said on Saturday's postgame episode, Derek, we watched Kentucky struggle against the ULMs in season openers and the third game of the season and the tenth game of the season. We watched them just slug just be like a little slugfest there on defense and it'd be like a seventeen to seven game or something midway through the third quarter. That wasn't the case Saturday. I went back and watched the game. And just the different looks that they did, the, the different schemes offensively, even out of the same formations, they just – same plays, just different looks a couple of times. I mean, it, it was really creative to see some of the things that Liam Cohen did in the opener, which kind of has to get you excited for what he could do in game two and in game five and in game six as this offense moves throughout the season. The creativity's there. No question. I mean, yeah, you would think that – I'm not saying they held back a ton. I, I feel like – you know, they opened up quite a bit. I mean, I'm not every week there's going to be new looks, new packages, things like that. But I mean, uh, what what you saw, I think, is definitely going to be the base of what they're going to do this year. I mean, there were a couple of times they had 14 personnel in there. 
which is something we'd I, I can't remember ever seeing at UK. I mean, you bring Jeremy Flax in for an extra offensive line, and then you got Bates, Rig, and Cummings all in there as well. Um, I believe their touchdown formation, that last one, it was in 14 personnel. But I know they did it a few other times as well. I want to say maybe on Rodriguez's um, touchdown run, but I could be wrong on that one. Um, but, no, it was a good game uh, for Kentucky. I mean, really you feel like you could have shut them out um, if you don't have the turnover right there. And I think that was kind of the encouraging thing too, Sean. And I went, like you, I went back and I watched it. Uh, I watched it a couple times. And in terms of Levis, there was not a single throw that you had to sit there and say, you know, what in the world is he looking at? Like, what is he trying to do here? I mean, perhaps that was just a product of the team they were playing and that, I mean, truly, he did not have to fit in too many balls. He had some good throws, no doubt about it, into some coverage. Or at least, oh, I wouldn't even call it coverage, honestly. At least guys are in the area. But it is crazy how many times they had guys just running free. But to me, I mean, the, the, the downfield accuracy was the, stunning, honestly. I the mean, ball, The ball he threw to Ali there on the second touchdown was just per- perfect. I mean, the, the, I, that's the one that I keep going back to, the, the deep wow. That one was good. I thought the one to Wandell, the uh, not not the thirty three yarder, but the one off play action. Uh, Wandell ended up catching a touchdown that drive. I thought both throws to Wandell in that yeah. series were very good. Well, and the one the one to Ali to me, the thing that stands out is he didn't Ali didn't stop running. He didn't have to break stride. I mean, it was it was right there. And how many times have we yeah. seen that ball in the past, Derek at, at Kentucky? That ball sail three or four yards too far to the right. It'd be short. It'd be long. Yeah. Uh, the, the timing and the accuracy, regardless of who the opponent is, and even Wilt spoke to that on Saturday. That's sometimes that's the hardest ones are the ones that are wide open when yeah. you have guys streaking down the field. Uh, but he's certainly going to have to fit some balls in, into some tight windows moving forward, especially this week against an SEC opponent. And, and I mean, I'm eager to see exactly what he does in week two. How does you know? Because all the attention is going to be on Will now. Everybody in the SEC talking about Kentucky's passing attack. I don't know if you saw the. Uh, the short clips thing that they do every week. Have you seen? I haven't yet. Not yet. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's perfect. So you need to go. <laughs> Another thing. And see I, I will check that out. Those, those, everyone who produces that, they, they do a great job. It's often very funny. One other thing on that touchdown to Ollie, and I don't know if it was a, a breakdown on the LMs in or if it was just a good drawn up play by Cohen. Kavasi Smoke was the check down option on that play. There was no one within like 30 no. yards of him. So had like Ali been covered up enough, I mean, if Smoke catches that ball on the sideline, I'm, I'm not joking. He probably gains at least 30 yards pretty easily. I would have said uh, on that. So I think it's good that, um, like I said, it could have just been a blown coverage on the OMs and they just totally forgot about the running back. But that he had, and that was kind of the case for a lot of those routes, Sean. I mean, to go back, I mean, they are they they had guys running free everywhere yeah. on Saturday. So I don't know how realistic that's going to be. Probably not very honestly. You know, once you get into the league. But um, for Saturday, there were maybe, what, the interception, maybe a better ball. I still don't think it was awful, honestly, on Levis's end. Like, I feel like Ali probably should have caught it. But, yeah. again, there's there's enough blame for both. He had one to Ali who was wide open. That, that one was all on Will. He threw it behind him. Uh, he had one to Wandell, I think, on the second series. Um, that was a little bit behind him that Wandell almost held on to but got hit and couldn't hold on to. So, I mean, those were throws pretty early. Um Stalled out a little bit, but I just think, Sean, with the offense, what we saw that first game, I just think they're when you have a guy like Levis with that kind of arm, as long as those wide receivers are healthy and as long as Rodriguez is there, you add in those tight ends, like there is absolutely enough there to have a very 
capable offense this season. There is. And, and before we move on to a little bit of Missouri talk here, the, taking you back to the Ali touchdown throw, you mentioned the check down to Smoke. So I'm sitting there beside you in the press box, and I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing. Smoke is wide open. And I'm like, why aren't you throwing it? Mm-hmm. And then you see Ali open down the field, which is good because that means that Levis has his eyes down the field, Derek. In the past, Kentucky quarterbacks, I think, I don't know if that was the offense or lack of confidence or what it was, they would take a quick peek downfield and then it was check down, check down, check down. So that that was that was encouraging to see that he's he's looking downfield and things like that. But let's move on to this Missouri game, Derek. It's a massive matchup. It's a pivotal matchup for both teams. Whoever wins this thing is going to be kind of the the Cinderella talk, I think, in the SEC East. If Missouri wins it, Missouri's going to get all the attention moving forward for the next few weeks. If Kentucky wins it, Kentucky's going to be the team because whoever wins this thing, Derek, is setting themselves up to – I'm not going to – there's no way any of us are going to pick anyone to beat Georgia. But if you're wanting to have a team that can kind of be there with Florida to compete for that second spot, whoever wins this game, I think it's going to be them. I agree. I mean, you're talking about the teams that were picked third and fourth um, in the SEC East, obviously Kentucky third, Missouri fourth. Um, I didn't think it was a super great press conference this morning, honestly, but Stoops' comments on Missouri, I think, were enough to get some interest. Basically, talked about lack of physicality last year against Missouri, and Stoops was asked, basically, if he felt like last year – and I think if you go back and watch that game last year, which if you're a U.K. fan, God bless you if you want to go back and watch that game because it was awful. Um, I, I did get a sense that Missouri – not to say Kentucky didn't care about the game, but, like, that game did mean a lot to Missouri. And uh, basically the question was, do you feel like there was – you know, there's a good rivalry um, budding between these two schools? And he, he very much, like, shot it down and said he got a sense that they – Missouri was just prepared better last year, and that, that won't be the case this year. Stoops, you know, that was on him, and he's going to get that fixed. I, I think that, I think last season's loss to Missouri more than any other, I think, pissed them off more. And for those guys that are coming back, I think for the coaching staff, motivation will, will not be a factor at all yeah, in I this mean, game. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I mean, the Alabama game and the Florida game last year, We I remember on this podcast, those post-game shows were horrible. We went all in on the offense and all the issues. But to me, that I, I agree with you 100%. I think that day in Como is where Mark Stoops was like, this is where we need to make a change. Like the, 50 yards passing. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. a joke, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good enough. It, it wasn't good enough, but it certainly looks like Kentucky has something here with this offense and Liam Cohen. But we will know more around 11 o'clock Saturday night. If Kentucky does that again this week, 
But I think Kentucky's going to be able to run the football too on Saturday. I really do. I think that you're going to see that balance on offense. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, I know Mark talked about that today on the presser, that, that some of the runs Chris was having some difficulty maybe seeing some things where the scheme and everything is different there. Uh, but you know that will improve, Derek, as the season goes along. But I thought the thing, another takeaway for me, and I know we've discussed it a little bit on Saturday, for an offensive line loaded with guys that haven't had to do a lot of pass protection in the past, I thought it looked good. He had a clean pocket a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, he took a couple sacks, but I'm with you in general. All those deep shots they took, I mean, he was – he had all day back there to throw. I mean, like we said, you take the opponent. It is what it is with, with ULM. Like, you're going to get much better tests, obviously, this week. And then even South Carolina's front will be, obviously, much, much better um, than what they've seen. But um, I, I think – I, I guess what I, what I would say is you had narratives around Levis. Like, and I, I think I mentioned this to you either on the pod or just when we were sitting there. I forget what I'll say. Like, it feels like there might have been a bad misevaluation somewhere at Penn State yeah. to where that kid was pigeonholed as being a running quarterback. It's, it's not like Sean Clifford sets the road on fire either. And as much as you can say, oh, well, it's just ULM, like, Kentucky's played bad teams the last few years. Like, Penn State played bad teams. I don't know, Levis didn't get a great chance, but, like, I don't – guys who suck don't go out there and throw for 367 yards and four touchdowns the first time they start a game with a new team. Like, you can see ability there. I'm not saying he's going to be all see first-team quarterback, but, like, in terms of tools and what he can do going forward, like, I, I don't – it's absolutely not too early to say he's already a major upgrade at the quarterback spot. I mean, I think to his benefit – you know, I'm not going to make this a Will Levis versus Terry Wilson thing. Like, Terry never had a wide receiver. Like, well, I mean, he had Lynn Bowden, but – and he, he was very good. But Wondell is a difference maker. Um, I, I mean, I just think I, – I just – see, that's, this seems – this situation seems to me, and if we see it this Saturday, like, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about how Levis was used at Penn State. And, I mean, it's good for Penn State that they beat Wisconsin. Um but it's going to take him, Levis, I think, going up against a few pretty good teams and, and performing well for people to realize that that it is real. And I just think with this scheme, I think with his ability, I can't imagine that they don't produce several big plays a game. I'm not saying, you know, five or six. like they are, What they have, I think it was 10 plays, right, of yeah. 15 more. I mean, that, that was a number that was very high. Like, you're not going to have that many. But with, with what they have – I just think they're going to be a pretty hard offense to stop against most of the teams on their schedule. Now, Georgia, I mean, that's a whole different animal, obviously, <laughs> after what we saw against Clemson. But for, you know, the 11 other teams, I, I truly do. I think they'll be a tough team to scheme against, to prepare for. And uh, as long as everybody's healthy, I think you have to be thrilled with this offense. And well, you, th We think that teams are going to have to put up points to beat Kentucky. Like, that's, yeah, that's the so. thing that they're going to have to do this year that's, that's been different in the past. And if Kentucky's defense and, – and that's the thing, too, that I don't want – I don't want this to get lost in how well Levis played and how the offense looked. J.J. Weaver, for where he was and what we thought – like, I mean, this is a guy that's been wearing a red jersey for most of fall camp, Derek, and he comes out and gets two sacks and 14 snaps, and then that, that kind of changes your expectations of what he can be this year coming off that injury. And then the way this defense played, I mean, you can't – Levis obviously was going to get the attention regardless of what happened. If Kentucky's defensive shut out ULM, 
Levis was still going to be the story, regardless of how the mm-hmm. game went, because that's what everybody's been talking about all offseason. It seems like not only does Kentucky have balance offensively, I feel like it has balance as a roster collectively now, units across this thing, a defense that can make plays and get stops, an offense that now shows that it can pass the ball, it can run the ball, it can do some things. That alone should be exciting enough for Kentucky fans to have to be optimistic that this team can really put together a special year. Then after you watch what the SEC did, Vandy, Tennessee, Mississippi State, I mean, you, you have to look at this thing, Derek. If, if they can get this one Saturday, man, they can – you can really start to get to nine wins when you look at this schedule. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the baseline still has to be eight, which is what I, I picked eight and four. But at this point with what you've seen, I mean, week one, it's always weird. I try never to go over the top. I mean, you think even in UK's case in 2018, they looked pretty bad against Central Michigan most of that day. Then they went out the next week and beat Florida on the road. So, I mean, it's, it's not always a great indicator. Teams change a lot from week one to week two. But with that said – Mississippi State has to put together their largest comeback in school history to hold off Louisiana Tech. I think we all expect Vanderbilt to be a win regardless, but, geez, I mean, how bad are they? Three points against ETSU. You get me about 20 points on your home field. Um, Tennessee was – I mean, did what you would expect, I guess, since Bowling Green State. Georgia didn't score an offensive touchdown, but, I mean – with their defense, I don't know how you're supposed to do anything yeah. <laughs> against those down. They looked incredible. Uh, and I'm sure I'm freaking – I mean, South Carolina didn't – they were like UK. They played a bad team, actually a step lower. Um, but Florida, I mean, Florida might have been – I didn't get to watch any of that game, but I, I followed quite a few Florida riders. It took one game for, for them to have a QB controversy. And, yeah. you know, you're already trying to replace Kyle Traff. So, we'll see what they look like by the time they get there. And then, of course, LSU. Tricky for me – because I think UCLA is good. I, I, I agree. I think UCLA is probably a, at this point. I, I actually didn't see the AP poll. Does it come out tomorrow or today? It, came out uh, today. it should have come out today, right? I, I can never remember if it's Monday or Tuesday for that it's, poll. It's usually Monday. Do you think they did something? Let me look and see with it being Labor Day. Oh, oh yeah, I guess with Global. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Still games. But uh, you would think probably at this point after beating, which I know Hawaii is not great, but they blew out Hawaii. They beat the ranked LSU team. They're probably one of the teams that needs to be in the top 25 at this point. But also with the Hurricane. I mean, being on the road, being displaced. With that said, though, they've not looked very good either year since national title, and I know they've only played one game this year. But, yeah, I mean, I would sit here and say today if UCLA can beat LSU, then then I think Kentucky, you know, should at least have a chance to beat UCLA as well – or uh, beat LSU, I mean. So, yeah, I mean, I think Saturday is probably a good day for Kentucky, but it is good to keep it in reference. You know, UK was truly playing one of the worst FBS teams that's out there. I mean, there's no denying that. They didn't win a game last year. Um, and obviously a lot of changes this year, but this week would tell you a lot, Sean. But I'm gonna be honest with you, and I won't spoil much because we got to talk the whole week about Missouri. We'll do our predictions later. Like the more I look at this, I, I feel I feel pretty good for, yeah. for UK's chances in this game. I, I I really do. Um, and I'll share more down the road. But my initial impression is that I mean I think Kentucky's roster is better, and at home, given the motivation that they have and the season that's out there. They need to win this game. I mean, I, I, I must wins are always tricky. I mean, it's the first game. I mean, if, I do believe in this though. If you're going to do anything special this year, you absolutely have to beat Missouri, and I think everybody would agree on that. So it's it's a huge game. Yeah, it is. And Kentucky opened as a three point favorite, and it climbed to five. 
So early money. A lot of betters liking UK. Yeah. Yep. They're liking Kentucky. So we'll see where that line uh, falls at here pretty soon. But Eric, I think that pretty much covers everything for today. I mean, it's just a little bit, just players of the week, just maybe recapping some things from Saturday and then uh, just discussing a couple of things about Kentucky, Mizzou. It'll be Kentucky football versus Missouri Saturday night at Kroger Field. That's a 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network. Uh, the way it's going, Derek, I expect it to be a pretty significant crowd there at Kroger Field Saturday night for Kentucky. It's a pivotal game in the SEC East early on. Uh, this episode is always powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, one in Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. If you can't make it out to the game Saturday night, make it out to one of those three locations to, to watch the game. Have a great meal. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you tomorrow on Kentucky Daily. Mm-hmm.